Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Curtis Blades, Nocto Chris Doc gets Curtis Blades, Curtis Blades. I don't know what to do with this music, but it just made me want to say Curtis Blades over and over again. Is, is it the new Tommy Aspinall? Curtis Blades. No. <laughs> no, 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 not working. All right. <laughs> nah, try I mean, give, Trying to give him the rub. Trying to give him the rub. Sorry. I mean, many, many have tried. Let's, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if maybe this performance gets it done. But Curtis Blades said, you know what? I heard what y'all had to say about me. You said the only way I'm going to beat this man is if I just wrestle him to death. So I'm just going to go out there and knock him out. And that's exactly what he did. He knocks out Chris Dawkins in the second round, wasted very little time once the action resumed in round two, and a big win for Curtis Blades. And it caps off a pretty darn good UFC Columbus event. Thanks for joining us for the post-fight show. We are live. I am Mike Heck. We got E. Casey Ladin with us as well. This time last week, he was, I think he was fighting or he was like about to Ooh, make the walk. Yeah, actually, at this, this time, time last week, week no, I was, um, I was sweating profusely backstage, nervous. Um, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> that's what I was doing that last week. This week, I'm chilling at home, getting fat, watching fights and talking about fights with you, the wonderful, the wonderful fans of MMA and our stream right now. So thank you for being here. The mixing. Of the martial arts. Yes. Uh, AK will be joining us momentarily. He's just doing uh, some back-end MMA fighting work, recapping Curtis Blades' big win. So he will join us to hop on in, jump into the discussion. But Casey, Curtis Blades goes out there and gets it done, shuts a lot of people up. Most people thought, including myself, that he was just going to just kind of be boring for three rounds and then finish him with brutal ground and pound. Chris is like, I hear what you're all saying, and I'm just going to go out there and blast him at 17 seconds into the second round. So your thoughts on Curtis Blades' performance? Did that – and this is the big question. Does a Curtis Blades win do anything for him considering the state of this heavyweight division right now, where it all stands? So the reaction to the knockout and did that win do anything for him? Did it move him up at all? My reaction to the knockout was, holy moly, um, that was awesome. That was a heavyweight knockout. It was um, technical. It wasn't sloppy. Um, it, he Curtis Blades looks like a legit, you know, A-level heavyweight. And, um, you know, it takes time. I mean, Curtis, wait, how old is Curtis Blades in his young 30s? Right? He's not. So he's just, he's not, honestly, he's not even in his prime yet by heavyweight standards. So I think we have to kind of just reevaluate 
who we think is Curtis Blades. We just got to accept that he's getting better and he's he's becoming a much more complete mixed martial artist. And the whole, you know, oh, he's just going to wrestle, he's going to wrestle. I really think that worked, that, that really worked in his advantage because um, I'm sure in uh, Dawkins' training camp, they're smart. They're like, oh, he's going to take down defense, take down defense, take down defense, get off our back, get off our back. You know, that's probably like 90% of their camp. And they go, oh, no, no, Chris has the hands, you know, we'll just, no, fine tune him. But I just don't think they were prepared. I don't think we were prepared as, as just as journalists, as viewers, as fans that, that Curtis Blaze was just going to be like, no, nah, let's do this. Let's, let's throw hands. And um, he did it. And um, we thought Chris Dawkins was going to be the just a faster, you know, better boxer. Not tonight. Curtis Blades. Answer your second part of the question. Does it do anything for him? I don't know what was possible. I don't. I don't. I don't know what he could have done that would have been better than this, honestly. Unless it ended like on the first minute, and I, I think the first minute would have been bad because I think if it ends in the first minute, we kind of go, "Oh, lucky shot." The fact that he got this in like the, the what, like 10, 10, 15 seconds of the second round or something like that. The fact that we got yeah, a full 17. five. Yeah, we got we got a full five minutes of him quality striking. So it wasn't a lucky shot. We know it wasn't a lucky shot. This is just him clearly being a better striker in there. And we know he's the better wrestler. So the fact that he was a better striker and with Chris Dawkins, who we consider probably one of the, we think is one of the better strikers at middleweight, sorry, at heavyweight. Um, no, I mean, I don't, this is the best case scenario of, no, with no real best case scenario really out there. But he, he did everything he needed. He had the call out. Gone was kind of, we'll talk about the call out a little bit later. But um, yeah, um, it was a perfect night for, uh, Curtis Blades uh, as perfect as it could have been I guess well we can talk about the call out now because <laughs> it's significant because I mean Chris Dawkins just just tough night for him and a lot of people are saying I think the UFC just kind of brought him up too quickly they gave him too big of a push and you know listen there's there's a little bit of truth there might be a little bit of truth to that in hindsight but the Derek Lewis fight considering where Lewis was and where Dawkins was Dawkins was on that nice run like the fight made all the sense in the world. It made perfect sense. If Dawkins wins, you shoot him up. Maybe he gets a title fight. He gets right in that conversation. And if he loses, then Derek Lewis wins and everybody's happy about it. So, I mean, it was kind of like a win-win scenario. The bounce back with Curtis Blades tells me that the UFC just doesn't think he's going to be a title contender because that's a horrible match. It was just a terrible matchup for him. We actually thought like he might have a chance against Derek Lewis. Like maybe he can land a big shot. Maybe he can extend him. But this fight, it just didn't seem like anybody thought he had a chance to win. It just seemed like really strange matchmaking. This is like, we really need a main event. What can we do? Oh yeah, we got Curtis Blades. Who's available? Okay, let's throw in Chris Dawkins. It just, I don't know. Was it was this I, always I on the card? The- was this always on the card? Or was it a replacement for the main event? It or became. Get, I don't did think, it get bumped up? I don't think it was always in the card. Yeah, I don't no, think, I, yeah. I think, once, once was, they lost the the other main events, they were trying to work on something else. They tried to pull the uh, the old rabbit out of the hat, trying to do yeah. Holloway versus okay. Emmett, and then once that fell through, for sure, they put this one together. So they had some sort of main event. Uh. I think UFC got lucky in the sense that it was a it was a very uh, a big performance for Curtis Blades because it it kind of this fight this main event kind of kind of stunk up a really good card and it didn't so credit to Curtis Blades for um, exceeding True. all of our low expectations in terms of entertainment. 
So, uh, yes. So let's talk about the call out because this is one of the, this is one of the things that you need. You need to leave the fans remembering the performance and then remembering what you did after the performance. So Curtis blades, little passion, little vigor. I felt it calls out. I want it. I want that interim title fight. I want that interim title fight with you gone. And I'm like, Gone just lost to Francis, and he's going to be out for most of the year. I mean, cool. And then DC's, you know, being that little little kid on the <laughs> playground, poking the bear, trying to. You see trying that take, guy? Try, Where's trying to take, yeah, okay. try take Helwani's job as the instigator, <laughs> stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah. DC's <laughs> like the Terminator. He's like, there he is. There's Stepe. Maybe you should fight that guy. And Curtis, I mean, good, good, good stuff from Curtis. I want to be just like you, so I think I'm going to have to fight you. Like I like the line, but Stipe is like, yeah, cool. Takes a sip of beer, taking pictures with the fans, and then Curtis is still trying to like say things to get Stipe's attention. Stipe's just like, okay, and then walks away. Like literally, no sold everything. What did you think of the callouts, the post fight stuff? Not bad. It's just. He, I, I, th- I think DC actually screwed him. If I, yeah, honest. me too. I, I, th- I think DC put him in a bad situation. He wasn't playing like calling out Stipe in the hometown, uh, the home state arena. I guess um, it was just never gonna go over well, honestly. Especially Stipe is not that guy. He's he's just, he's, he's just not that guy. Uh, I think calling for the interim belt was a smart call. Um, being specific and wanting to fight gone, I think it was kind of off. But that's just a little detail. I mean, he couldn't have said, give me, give me John Jones, give me Stipe, give me whoever. I don't know. It's like, hey, Francis, do your little thing, and I'm going to get that interim belt, and then we're going to rematch, and, you know, whatever, or something. But, so, but, but definitely calling for the – the fact that we're talking about Curtis Blades fighting for interim belt is a good thing. It's an excellent thing for, um, for Blades. Because like, before the fight, we were just kind of saying, it's a holding pattern no matter what happens. But now we're honestly talking as like, oh, okay, well – Blade, I don't know who Blades will fight, but Blades should fight for the interim belt, you know? So I, so I guess the more I think about it, you know, just kind of saying this out loud, I, I guess, no, great situation for Blades. I mean, yeah, it wasn't sensational call-out, but he's not that guy. But the fact that there's a serious conversation about him fighting for the interim belt, I think is um, very good for Curtis Blades and his um, future prize-fighting career. And um, we have another person who just called in. Who is this handsome fella? Who is this handsome fella? Hello. Can you hear me? Silhouette. Oh, oh, there we go. Hi. Oh, there he is. There he is. Long time listener, first time caller. Mike, I love a big fan of your work. Casey, (laughs) you're okay too. Mike, big fan. Oh, oh. Ah, look at that. There he is. He's back. Hey, guys. Oh, guys, where's the the poll? Where's the poll? (laughs) No one did a No one did a poll. (laughs) Why we would first of I, all, I don't want to take, that's that every, I don't want to take everything you've worked for. No, you guys can. I encourage everyone to <laughs> utilize their polls as necessary. That is what I say all the time. I don't want to be the only one who's you know doing the polls around here. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. I don't even know what to ask. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll, I'll, let's yeah. Uh, what were you guys talking about uh, before I hopped in here? We're talking about mixed martial arts. Uh, right? Yeah, the mixing and the martial arts. So I mean, you have to play catch up here. So you get the two part question. Jeez. Oh, Thoughts on Blades' performance? Actually, it's more of a three-part question. Blades' performance, did it do anything for him grading the call-out afterwards? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think it did a lot for him. We we kind of said before, I think we were a little bit flippant about what what you know what this could do for Blades' uh, chances. I think I think 
Maybe because we were just predicting a kind of a five round, a five round grinded out decision, like dominant, but not highlight reel worthy. Like this was awesome. This was a highlight reel knockout. We talked a lot about he's how he's improved his striking, and like obviously you don't want him to get away with what brought him to the dance. But against an opponent who you know he's so heavily favored against, it I think it was smart of him, and also he's a good grappler. I think it was smart of Blades to kind of show that, yeah, look, I, I've been working with boxing. I'm working on, on my all-around uh, all around striking game. And he looked great. He looked really good in the first round. It wasn't the most exciting round, but it was a clear 10-9 for uh, Blades without even the hint of a takedown. He said afterwards, of course, my wrestling and my opponent's awareness of my wrestling is what you know kind of helps my striking. Mm-hmm. It slows them down, I think was the phrase he used uh, exactly. And I thought that was like a perfect description. It's, it's very true. He's well, he's well aware. He's not, you know, uh, Izzy Adesanya out there. But he knows that his striking right now is good enough, plus his wrestling, that he's legitimately a top four, you know, top four, top five guy in the division, right? So, yeah, I thought the performance was great. And, and he proved us all wrong by, uh, by again, scoring that knockout when a lot of us were thinking either late, like, you know, third, fourth round ground and pound or decision. This was an on-the-feet KO. Awesome highlight for him. And the call-out was so well done. Uh, the assist uh, hat tip to DC, of course, for uh, pointing him out to Stipe. That Stipe was in the building. Of course, this was in Ohio. Uh, and that was great, too, saying, I respect you, oh. but 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 I but I also have to beat you. And it was it was in character, but it was also it was also again showed like a different side of him. It was it was aggressive, which we like to see. It was someone who said, I I'm not just waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm not happy with my spot. I'm not happy with just being this guy who who uh, gets, you know, again, uh, wins over like, you know, guys like Chris Dacus and guys who aren't top seven, eight guys. I want to be in that top four discussion with Cedil Gunn and Francis Ngannou and weirdly uh, John Jones, I guess. Um so he he did everything he could tonight, I think, to improve his position. How much did he improve it? That's another question. But I think indisputably he did improve his his uh, his standing. You know who we're not talking about? A, a heavyweight that won last weekend. I mean, so that's the guy. He that would have been the guy I would have, I would have called out if I was Curtis Blades. Yeah, that would have been, I would have called out Tom Tommy Espinol. Tommy Espinol. Curtis Blades. Yeah, that Curtis guy. Blade. There's yeah. so much momentum <laughs> behind Espinol right now. Aspinall, like all the tied to Ivasa momentum, it's like Aspinall took a little bit of that. He's the, you know, he's he's the guy. Like he's the guy with the momentum. The ball's rolling downhill. It's snowballing. It's getting a little bit bigger. That's Tommy Aspinall right now. Would have been a brilliant move if he called out Tommy Aspinall. Tommy, don't be, don't you be calling a, don't you be going for these number one contenders or these interim title fights. Uh uh uh. Before you think about that, you got to go through me. You got to go through me. Shut up, DC. I'm not calling out Stipe. I'm calling out Tommy Aspinall. I would have A+. Plus. I thought, I actually, I I told Casey, and he kind of agrees with me, true or false, Daniel Cormier kind of screwed Curtis Blades over tonight by doing the Stipe stuff. I think Curtis oh, I handled it well, but I think DC, I, I think DC kind of screwed him. I think DC kind of hurt him. I don't him. think so necessarily. I, I, I get the whole Tommy Aspinall thing. Obviously, his name is white hot right now, but I think most people would agree in the rankings. He's behind Blades. He has a lot to gain from taking Blades' spot. Uh, Blades certainly would gain from, again, yeah, diffusing the sudden hot name at heavyweight. But Blades is ahead of him. I mean, Blades is more accomplished than, than Aspinall. I don't know. I mean, Aspinall would, should want that fight more than him. And if you're Blades, I think you know that. So if, if you're Blades, you're settling for nothing less than an interim title fight. Now, it's an interim title fight with Tom Aspinall. Fantastic. But you're not looking for anything less than that right now. That's, I think that's what okay. I was trying to sell. So, just, just as long Blades is like, I don't care who it is. Just as long as you weigh 206 pounds and up, you're fighting me for the belt. That's all that matters for for Curtis Blades. I don't think uh, he should. He, he shouldn't care. I think he just doesn't care. Just as long as someone signs that contract. But whatever it is, I'm in that cage. I think that's all Blades has to do. And 
coming into this fight, we weren't that conversation wasn't really there, but after that performance, I think I think there's I think there's a serious talk serious conversation now. True. Okay. One to ten AK. One to ten. Chances Curtis Blades gets an interim title fight, his next fight. That he is when they book an interim title fight, Curtis Blades is in that fight. I'll go a hard seven. I'll go a hard seven. A seven. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is considering some of the names that are involved that are in the mix and how reliable they are. By the way, that is this is this is not like oh, if everyone's healthy, how good (laughs) healthy and not in jail. How how good are Curtis Blades' <laughs> chances? No no no. This is this is. I mean, look. This is reading the tea leaves of these of some of these heavyweights who, let's be honest, have that we've names you just mentioned are not the most active fighters for whatever reason. That includes Stipe. Obviously, that includes John Jones. Uh, gone gone. I mean, would be the other likely option, of course. So yeah, I'm 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 fine going seven. I'm, I'm sure some would go higher. Casey, if this was a company that in my opinion, paid its fighters fairly, then I would give it a good four. Sorry, four. But we've seen the UFC do BS interim title fights, and I think they're not going to pay Stipe what he wants, and they're not going to pay John Jones what he wants. So I think Blades versus whoever will make um, financial sense for the UFC. So actually, I'm going to go for that four to a solid eight. Before this fight... It was at a 0.0001. It has jumped up quite a bit from there. Yeah. I give it a 1.2. 1.2. I'm sorry, man. It's just, it's not fair. It's not fair. If this is, if this was Bellator, Curtis Blades would be fighting for the undisputed heavyweight title. If this is Bellator, if we did things in a meritocratic way by the rankings, Curtis Blades would be fighting for the Bellator heavyweight title in this next fight. Unfortunately, it is not Bellator. It is the UFC. And even though he had a great win, Blades is just so far down the list. It's not fair. Like, not the rankings, just the way, like, who do we want in this fight? Who do we want as a business in this fight? You know, it's Stipe and Jones. Let's just say one of them doesn't happen. It's tied to Ivasa. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's tied to Ivasa. He's the guy. They're going to put him in that fight. If it's not tied to, if, when another guy's out, they'll do Cyril Gunn. If Cyril's gone, they'll do Tom Aspinall. Then if Tom Aspinall can't make it, then Curtis Blades gets his shot. Like that's just that's just the position he's in right now. And it's probably not fair. But that's how the UFC's kind of looking at this right now. We're, Unless we're, it is just like a big money thing and everyone just wants like zillions of dollars and Blades is like, yeah. I'll do it for whatever. For way less than that. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of saying the same thing, honestly, because I'm basically I'm saying Blaze is going to get it because he's probably the cheaper, uh, the the cheapest fighter maybe to get that spot, and that's that's the reason I'm saying it too because I know I know the UFC obviously wants to put butts in seats and sell pay per views, especially for their heavyweight title fights. I just don't think they want to pay those other gentlemen what they want, so that's that's why I think Blaze will get the shot. But so I I, I agree I I understand what you're saying, Mr. Heck. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I still yeah. I, th- I mean, Stipe and Jones are the big, the big contracts. Obviously, like those yeah. are the big ones. But even if let's just say everybody else gets the same amount of money, the other names, Blades is still like fourth or fifth on that list. I think so. Ty, it's Ty Tuivasa, and Tommy Aspinall. Those are or even Cyril gone. I think he could be ahead of Ty and and Tom Aspinall. I don't think it's so clear cut that they're both. Be ahead of Ty? No way. He's ahead of both of them in the rankings. Oh well, not not Ty Tuivasa after the Derek Lewis knockout, but right. 
Who are fans more likely going to spend? Be like, you know what? I have to spend seventy five bucks on this pay per view. Yeah, but the UFC is always great. Let's that. be honest. The UFC is always great about listening to the fans here, right? It's it's fifty fifty. Sometimes the UFC is like, oh man, they did this amazing thing where they gave the fans what they want, and then uh, and then half the time it's like, what the hell? Why did this person get this title shot? Uh, and I don't think Blaze would fall in the what the hell category. He certainly got a strong enough case and resume to actually be again the number one contender to an interim or heavyweight title. Uh, again, there's a bit of okay, we have some recency bias going going on here with with Tom Aspinall. That was super exciting. Uh, he was a god in London. Is that how is that going to play in other markets? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, if, if this if this title fight happened, you know, in Europe for some reason, yeah, Tom Aspinall all the way. There's there's no question. I mean, that's that's undisputed. He's he's number one. He rises above everybody. But I don't think it's so clear cut. Tui Vasa is a little bit of a stronger case, like you said. One, we're 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 kind of removed from that fight now, and I do think there's still a buzz there. And he knocked out you know MMA math. He knocked out Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis knocked out Curtis Blades. So, so th- in that sense, it isn't Tui Vasa's fear, but I don't think it's so far ahead. I, I, I do think there's a cluster of those three guys, and I don't think like Blades is that far behind. If Curtis Blades, there is an odd no point on the line. By the way, odd no points are on the line. Big time. If, big if time. Curtis, yep. If Curtis Blades is not in that title fight, AK hands an odd no point to somebody Whoa. else. It's gone. Whoa. You lose it. <laughs> you get the, it's gone. Wait. So you how, how many options? How many choices do you get? I get you, all. You can't just, it, I get all the others. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, then I got two to one. Two to one. Though. I get two points right. if I'm right. Okay. Yes. That's if it's otherwise, from my, I, I said Stepe Jones or Ty, yeah. like that, it's Ty. Ty's well, Ty's the guy. One, if I if it's not Ty, in, I got right, If Ty Tuivasa is not in and Curtis Blades is in, then you get. I'll give you two auto points. Man, I want three points. I want three points. If you're getting the, the field. Versus oh, your confidence? No, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going with Tai Tuivasa. Just Tai. Oh, you're saying? Oh, you're saying just Tai? Oh, interesting. I'm saying just Tai. I'm saying Tai gets it over Blades. Either of them. We have to give but, our points to Casey. <laughs> but tonight, was there anything that Curtis Blades kind of done better tonight? As far as like the fact that we're talking about this, like if he won a one, how we thought he was going to win, we're not talking about this at all. We're talking. Okay, he's in the same spot. Aspinall, you know, he'll get the next shot or Tai or whatever. The fact, I mean, to me, like Curtis Blades, this is like. This is, I don't know. It couldn't have gone better for him, outside of the weird Stipe kind of call out, but well, forced call out. No, it was a good night for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it it went so much better than I thought it could have gone. Yeah, I'm just. um, Yeah, it was a great night for him, and he he did a good job at the post fight stuff. DC made it a little weird. Yeah, Stipe no selling it sucked. I mean, if Stipe just. And we knew Stipe was going to no sell, and DC knew Stipe was going to no sell. And he's—I mean, he freaking was in a rivalry with this guy for three years. Of course, he knew Stipe was going to no sell it. Like he just kind of set <laughs> Curtis up to fail. Like if Stipe, if Stipe was like, did something, like invoked some sort of emotion. He literally turned his back on Curtis Blades to take pictures with fans, like while he was on camera. Like it just. <laughs> It just ruined it. It's just like he would have been much better spot if, if DC didn't do that. But it doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Good win for Curtis Blades. We'll see what happens with Chris Dawkins. I know a lot of people are saying he should go down. He should go to the PI and go to 205. Yeah, just- and I made this point on Twitter Spaces. This is cherry. Like this is cherry on top of the Sunday. Chris Dawkins, like when he came into the UFC and fought Parker Porter, they brought both those guys in to make their UFC debuts and they fought and he knocked out Parker Porter. Did you think five fights later or four, three, four fights later, he would be in back to back main events? Nobody thought that. This is great. Like, wh- what a great run he has had. Tremendous run. Way better than anybody could have expected. So, if he wants to say, if he wants to fight heavyweights and not have to lose 40 pounds and cut all that weight, I mean, if he wants to do it, great. 
But if he doesn't, he can make a pretty darn good living just fighting heavyweights. Oh, stay a heavyweight. Be winning a, fast a lot of those fights. Yeah. Be, be yeah. a fast heavyweight. Be the – yeah. Don't don't go to 205, Mr. Dawkins. Stay a heavyweight. Be a small heavyweight. Fast hands. Good on your feet. Good takedown defense. You'll, you'll do fine. You, you, might not, you, know, you I, might not be a title contender, but you're going to make a damn good living. I wouldn't completely rule it out a move. I mean, this is two really devastating knockout losses. Two two top five guys. Two top five guys. Yeah. But uh, it, if there's any chance that dropping down to 205 could somehow improve his durability or at least increase his chances of not getting like smashed like this, um, maybe he's a much better fighter at 205. We don't know. He might be worse. We don't know. But I do think when you the, when you take two really, really vicious like knockout losses like this, you at least have to be thinking about making some sort of changes. Um, if not, and, and division is one of the easiest ones to do right so i agree he's he's overperformed at heavyweight like mike said uh he's he's been a nice run four straight knockouts to start off his uh ufc heavyweight run pretty fantastic but now there's this reality check and it's like it's not it's it's not that he's just losing if you're just like losing decisions or competitive fights you're like okay he's taking like serious serious damage and again it might be the same case like heavyweight it might not but i do think it's worth exploring if that might be a it's just a healthier option for him uh, I saw the performance bonuses. I think the easiest option for Chris Dawkins is just to fight lesser competition. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I think that's, I think but that's the easiest one to do. But that's like the crapshoot with the UFC, right? I mean, now I don't know, right? Yeah. This is the Arlovsky fight. Like, this is, you fight, you put him against Andre Arlovsky. That's, that's the fight you make. I like that fight. Right? Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the one. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, we got performance bonuses. They Ooh. awarded two. Who wants to uh, who wants to guess? Wait, just the performance so far? Just the performance. Uh, just performance. Actually, I would go. 
I know it's not gonna be that way, but I'll go. I go Grasso and Blades, top two fights, and then Friday night, um, obviously Matt Brown and um, Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah, Friday night's got to be a shoe in. Uh, but I'll go uh, Blades and Gutierrez. Yeah, good years. And the winner. Go for it. AK Lee. AK Lee gets it done. They hate submissions. The UFC hates submissions. I mean, that was Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso should have got a should have got a freaking bonus tonight. Why did she get it for cheap? Okay, sorry. First finish in seven years. That's fine. Her first finish in seven years, her first submission ever. Uh, but it wasn't like the prettiest submission. Let's be honest here. The Gutierrez knockout was. It was there. a beautiful submission. What are you talking about? That was a beautiful. How, submission. how it started? How it started? They just they just they, they smashed into each other and fell into the fence. <laughs> yeah, she got she she switched. Dude, that was a highly technical submission. That was awesome submission. No, no. That the, was like, when they finally got to the ground, it was great. But the way it got there was really MMA. No, they, Im- they MMA'd it. They, how, well, how dare they mix the martial? Okay, keep the martial the, arts apart. I agree. You keep the martial. Do you arts remember apart. that? Do you remember how they got to the ground? They just like smashed into each other, and like it, it was very, it was very awkward. It was not like a smooth like transition. It's not like she was Damian Maya taking the back there. It was like they crashed on the ground first, and then Grasso's a better grappler, and she and more athletic. She got the better. It was a good, good submission. The Gutierrez finish was like one of the knockouts of the year. Are you gonna Are you gonna tell me that Grasso's submission was one of the submissions of the year? She, it was a. She didn't get touched in the fight. She went out just no bruises. I I highly applaud very technical submissions, and that was a okay. beautiful technical submission. The way she switched arms it was, on it, it was great. It it was. I would give it a t- no. Good. I would have. Yeah, was Gutierrez like, not? Bl- Gabe, give give Gutierrez. No, Gutierrez should have gotten one. Yeah. Yeah, Gutierrez should have gotten one. I I think I, I think Blades deserves it too. Everybody deserves it, AK. Everybody yeah. in London got bonuses. Really, everyone Why can't everyone in Columbus know. get bonuses? Yeah. It's, this it's is way weird, less. It's, such a, it's so silly. It's so silly not to just give everyone bonuses. I don't understand. They gave nine freaking bonuses last week. We got one, two, three, four. We had four finishes on this car. We couldn't have given four performance bonuses and a fight of the night? Come on. I wish they gave two fight of the nights because Franz and Askarov, Car Franz and Askarov, was a great stupendous fight. fight, too. That should have so been good. 25 minutes. Oh, so good. It should have been 25 minutes. Yeah, that would have really been an amazing win. Yes. That would amazing Great win for Alexa Grasso, by the way. Great Tremendous win. win. First submission ever. One. First, She'd never seen yeah. that anyone before. First submission ever. I mean, it's wild. we'll see what happens with the – I do want to talk uh, just real quick on Joanne Wood because, mm. I mean, we've, we've talked about quote-unquote falls from graces in MMA and in the UFC – Joanne, the story of Joanne Wood is an interesting one because this is a woman who had a title fight lined up with Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko gets injured. Wood could have waited like another two months and gotten her title fight. Instead, she said, no, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to fight Jennifer Maya and then get submitted by Jennifer Maya. And it's just all been downhill since, man. Like, this is just a crazy, crazy story. It's one of those ones that's going to fly under the radar and may not be like at the top of everyone's list, AK. But I mean, this is Joanne's like still game. Like she's still out there, like doing the right things and wants to get in there and fight, man. But I mean, to go from a title fight to just taking a fight because you're, you you just didn't want to sit out any longer instead of waiting a couple extra months to fight for the belt. And now we're here. I mean, where does this one compare? She was winning the fight on the feet. I thought, I don't know, Kate, I don't know. 
Casey, you're probably a little better at judging this stuff than I am. I thought she was winning the fight on the feet. It wasn't like a blowout, but I did think she. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, jo- Jojo Wood. You thought Jojo was 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 beating up Grasso on the feet? I don't think she was beating her up, but I think she was winning. I did think she. Was I don't. I don't really think. I don't really think it went long enough, honestly, to, to give a fair assessment. I I I was I would have I was scoring it on the feet for uh what is it was happening right there wasn't a lot to score uh it didn't it, it went to the ground a couple of times or um before the finish but mm-hmm. I, I do think that she looked good I think you know we all know it, her Muay Thai is fantastic and it always has been um but you know she's getting older the division's getting younger pulling that trigger just you know it just gets a little more difficult but I thought she but I thought technically she looked fine I don't know how it would have gone on the feet if it had gone three rounds but I think she was kind of winning that first round and then again it all just it all just went to hell for her um yeah she's in a very difficult situation and again we keep harping on it but man if they just paid fighters more I feel like we'd be telling a very different uh Joanne Wood story because yeah you're right she took that fight because I don't think like you know we say oh she was bored she wants to stay active she wants to stay active because she wants to get paid I mean I mean a girl's got to eat that's just that's life right I mean I'm Look! Look at guys like Stipe Miocic, who we mentioned earlier in the show, who's like he's taken years off. Like there's, he's just hasn't fought for 11, 12 months. Fortunately, I'm sure he'd like to be making more money, but he's in a position where you know he's a former champion. He's made enough cash he can afford to to sit aside. A lot of fighters like John Wood, she's more representative of the rest of the roster. They can't afford that, so it does suck. I, I, I'm sure fans are tired of hearing about JoJo's missed opportunities and all that and blah blah. But it really it really is like one of those what ifs, you know, that we're we're going to think about for a long time. So. Um, I don't think she gets cut. I do think they keep her around because, like I said, I think she looked, I think she looked okay on the feet. The Tyler Santos fight was like a blowout. That I mean, Tyler Santos is fighting for the title soon. Alexa Grasso, I thought she was doing well against, and uh, I don't know. I think I think they still give her another I think, fight. I think this was as much as a blowout as the Santos fight. Getting knocked out and getting stubbed that easily, I think, is equally just as devastating. But again, she you was know. she was doing well on the feet, and and again, the takedown. I, I want to watch it again. I, watch, I don't I, watch I don't, the takedown. I don't. Again. Think, the take I don't it wasn't like, was, it wasn't there, like there, were, there were two takedowns. There was one takedown when the first uh, I remember one was Brian. Gra- I remember Grasso had that. No, no. Yeah. Uh, someone had a clinch and kind of pulled her down. And yeah, yeah. I didn't, and I think I, didn't, I, I didn't like the way. Actually, I did not like the way uh, JoJo looked on her back. The way she looked very yeah. content closing that guard. Sure. At, and to point Grasso was like, "This is Grasso was like, this is boring." I, Grasso actually stood up like, "Let's just do this stand up. You know, let's let's keep yeah. this standing." And I remember, yeah. actually, I don't remember how it got to the ground the second time. You said Watching it, 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 it really is like, yeah, it was like this really awkward stumble and, and Grasso got the better of it. She got the better of the scramble. So credit to her, but it was a very awkward stumble. It wasn't like Grasso was like dominating with her wrestling and got like a single leg and just, or body lock or something and took her down. It wasn't like that at but all. That's a, but that's the sport, man. People tangle up and you It you is, roll, but you you're asking me, it, you know? I know, but that's not an indictment of, of, of Joanne Wood. I don't say Joanne I, Wood has I, actually. I think it, I, I kind of think it is. I think I think uh, I think she's just think she's so just well. she's a step behind on the ground now. And those scrambles, those transitions from striking to the ground, which is basically what MMA is—the tr- transitions um, from martial art to martial art. Grasso was just way faster and way cleaner in those transitions. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm saying that this specific, looks, yeah, this specific exchange was very was very random. And I give credit to Grasso for taking advantage of it, but it was really – just watch it again. Watch, everyone – I think people who know what I'm talking about. It was it was a very awkward stumble uh, for both fighters. And then Grasso, you know, she got better. But again, it, it's not luck she got, but the, the, the it, it wasn't anything that made me think like, oh, Joanne Wood can't defend against takedowns. It was just like, oh, shit. She, well, it's not really the takedowns, but when she was on the ground, mm-hmm. JoJo just – the first time she was on the ground, the way she just held guard like that, uh, that closed guard, I didn't mm-hmm. like – I didn't like – I didn't I just didn't like the way she looked on the ground. And obviously, when she got submitted, I didn't like. I mean, she made Grasso, Grasso, who I think is a very underrated grappler. She made Grasso look like you know, 
Damian Maya type of grappler. Sure. You know, that's I'm not, but that's I give all the credit to the, the Grosso, but JoJo, uh, yeah, I like I think we all like JoJo. She's a step behind, and I said in the, I said in the Q and A, I, I, I hated it saying it out loud, but I thought this fight was going to be. I thought Grosso won by decision, but I thought it was going to be one way traffic, and mm. you know, it was even more one way traffic than you know than I even I thought. Unfortunately, for for Wood. <laughs> Unfortunately, Joanne Wood will probably have a date with Casey O'Neill next, no matter what happens mm. in Casey O'Neill's fight with Jessica I, because Wood, according to the UFC rankings, will drop to like number nine. Jessica I is number ten. There's a beef between O'Neill and Wood, and the UFC is going to try to make that fight happen and try to milk that for all it's worth as Casey tries to climb the division. Uh, Brian Barberina, Matt Brown, what else can we say? Tremendous oh. fight. Matt Brown transported oh, to the hospital. Brian Barberina spoke with the media after the fight. So look for that on YouTube a little bit later. Neil Magny, good win against Max Griffin. About the judges got it right. Split decision. Mark Casey, veteran, workman-like performance workman-like against performance. <laughs> Fight IQ to the nines. Well done. Good win for him. But we got to talk about Kai Gar France. Versus Askar Askarov, unanimous decision win, tremendous fight, really good fight. Listen, Barbarina and Matt Brown is just a wild car wreck, and I loved it. But the mixing of the martial arts was on full display. KKF versus Askar Askarov. This is a KKF win, right? Like, this is no robbery. There, I mean, there are people on Twitter who thought this is an actual robbery. Because I, I said have, the judges got around and people are like, what world do you live in? I'm like, are you kidding me? What friggin' fight did you watch? We but have this is Liam clear, Mahoney like, in the comments. Clear win for Askarov. Clear, how? How is that a clear win for Askarov? I'd love to hear. I love. Is this Askarov's cousin? Like that, that I would understand and I apologize. Liam, let but. us know. Liam, let us know. Okay, I'm looking at MMA decisions and looks up. Uh-huh. There, there were five, no, four journalists that had mm-hmm. Askarov, but about... 15 journalists had car France. So I guess it was, okay. I thought it was pretty clear car France. And we look at, like, it looks like about 80% had a car France. So I guess, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it was not Robbie car France won that fight. We're going to move on from that. <laughs> I think, I think. No, it's pretty clear. Yeah. I, here, well, well let's, let's, you know, I'll play the advocate here because I do do the robbery reviews where I like to, you know, where I always look at kind of why something's being called a robbery. So, so two big ones. Uh, very dominant first round for Askarov with the grappling. So I saw some people saying was the first round a 10 8. And I'm like, no, he didn't do enough damage. He didn't do enough damage. He, great, a great grappling. He was in control. He threatened with submission. But I think, and I think people think a near submission is like oh. getting a near finish in that sense. But one, I don't think he was that close to finishing it, and two, you actually don't. You're actually not supposed to reward like a ten eight uh, necessarily for a near submission. So th- I'm not sure. The three if you D's, know that, the three D's. You get two of the three yeah. D's. Dominance, dominance, yeah. duration. Actually, I had no. I would have no. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping in. Sorry, I would mm-hmm. have no issue calling that first round a ten eight for Askarov actually because I Don, thought, that, that is a good point yeah so um, the dumbest, i didn't score yeah. a 10-8 but i was actually expecting someone to kind of push the 10-8 narrative on it and yeah. i would actually I, I was yeah sorry i think they're putting a much heavier emphasis on damage now maybe they, i don't know if they should but i mean damage is supposed to be first right you're right there is the 3ds but damage is supposed to be first uh and he just didn't do he did doing some nice elbows too it, it, it was really a dominant first round for Askarov. it just for me didn't quite hit that damage thing uh, so, so I, I don't think you can call that a ten nine. I'm sure he thought it was a uh, Askarov and his team probably thought it was a ten eight. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can't call ten eight. I'm sure his team thought that. Um, so, but but obviously, first round for Askarov. Obviously, second uh, round for um, Kakar right. France. Right. Now, the third one was competitive, and again, you had takedowns from Askarov. But he did even less with the takedowns in the third than he did in the first round. Mm-hmm. Kai landed so many of the big shots; he just did more damage. So, again, it, remember, guys, damage is first. As much as as confusing as that can be sometimes, when you see a guy who's such a strong wrestler like Askarov controlling so much of the fight. He just needs to do more damage in the ground and stuff like that. So, but really, really difficult fight. Should have gone two more rounds, as everyone's been saying, um, but not a robbery at all. Uh, it, dam- damage won the day. It, it, it was a car France that did the damage. So. And he doubled him up in the third round in strikes, mm-hmm. significant strikes and strikes total. Yeah, and doubled him up. What did Askarov do? Oh, just about twenty-three to twelve. Why would Askarov get the third round? What What, what are we? He, he, he did the back again. He took the back again. He got like almost took the back. He got like a body triangle. It wasn't quite on the back, but, but there was he a did submission have it again. Attempt and he had wait, I, no yeah, mission attempt really. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No damage on the ground from strikes. Yeah, I was, I was mm. no, no. What's I? I, I, didn't, I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand the arguments. It made no sense. But like this is it was a clear third round for Kai. Me too. I and Kai, the, the clearest round of the of the fight was the second for Kai, and Askarov won the first. Yeah, but guess what? You know what's crazy? Kai Carfrentz still outstruck Oscar Askraft in that round. It was four to three, but he still outstruck him. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it. It was it's like, this is not a robbery. This is not a discussion. Kai Carfrentz won that fight. Askraft's a good fighter, man. That's a tough, so that was a tough fight. But he got out of that first round, survived it. And you could tell Askraft's getting a little frustrated in there. So, great performance from Kai Carfrentz. Well done. Awesome. That- that was the best Kai Car France we've seen in the UFC. I know people are going to talk about the first round knockouts. That was the best version. He had to be the best version of himself to deal with Askarov. Askarov is, I said at the first round, I was really scared for Kai. But I also thought he would lose the first round, you know, when we were predicting the fight. But man, that guy is scary. So I don't know. We definitely haven't seen the last of Askarov and Kai Car France. I don't know. Uh, could, get, could get the double and, shot. And, and a shout out to my prediction, picking KK, KKF for the decision victory. I remember Jed bit rolled that his eyes. Like, what? That's a crazy <laughs> one. I was like, and that's kind of how the fight, that's, that's basically how I saw the fight. It would be tough first round, but I felt Kai is just, uh, just he's actually just a, a really good athlete and just, and he just was uh, just a better just athlete in there. He was able to, to once he, you know, Stop the takedowns. Askarov slowed down a bit. The big weight cut is always going to hurt Askarov. No, it's just the first round, he's going to be freaking dangerous. But if you can get past that first round and you still have really high energy levels like um, Cara France does, there's a strong chance of victory. But you have to get past that first round. It's going to be tough to get through that first round. Uh, two things. First of all, Jed Mishu being wrong about something, I don't believe you. That's a shocker. <laughs> Uh, secondly, uh, listen, we asked for Liam Mahoney's take on this. He said uh, uh, in the comments, Askarov landed cleaner, harder shots in the third. KKF was hitting no, air. Uh, I would watch that. Really right not true. Yeah, that's, there's no Yeah, way. you should probably rewatch it. <laughs> that's, that's, Maybe look no at the stats, the, the stats as well. because yeah. Even not the stats. We've literally stats, doubled I, them up. Stats, eye test, highlights. I don't know, whichever metric uh, KKF was landing some very, very hard punches in the third round. Uh, Askarov wasn't like, it's not like a dead duck on the feet, but he was getting no, struck. So. no. But he so lost. I he think, lost the yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah. And our own Jeff um, Jew scored at 29-28 for Mr. Car France. So there you go. And he's never wrong. Yes. And he <laughs> and he picked Askarov. And he did. Uh, yeah. He got the Kai Car France got the champion Davis of Figueroa's attention. Took to Twitter. I mean, I kind of would put this with the same sort of discrep- discrepancy thing, like I did with the Habib tweet about <laughs> the Colby situation. It, 
might have been Davis of Figueredo, but there's a good chance that it was somebody else on behalf of Davis of Figueredo. Uh, so congratulations, you dirty Kiwi Kaikar friends. You just punched your ticket with the God of War. Brandon Moreno, you just took the back seat. You're 0-2 against Pantoja. If you could beat him, I'll give you the next title shot. So he's trying to put Moreno on the back burner. Unfortunately, Figgy doesn't really have that clout. So he's still going to fight Brandon Moreno and Kaikar France will wait for the winner. Or if something were to happen to one of these gentlemen, we could slot him in there. We don't know when this fight's going to happen, by the way. I assume it's going to happen sometime in July. He, he should have used that Pantoja line on Moreno. He should have said, Moreno, you're 0-2 against uh, Alexander Pantoja. You should beat him <laughs> for, for getting the fourth fight. Ooh, that, line works for, that line works That works for both those guys. So I was, I was confused when I read that. I'm like, is he like diffused? Yeah, well, I, when you said it was, I was, I, was, I didn't. I was like, is, is this Moreno saying this or Figueroa? Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, he, sorry I'm sorry. I, wait, I misunderstood. I'm like, wait, he did say that to Moreno, right? The the Pantoja thing is from is from Moreno, right? Yeah, Mr. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I I, I totally missed. Yeah, I I I. I, I and one of the comments. Feel free to roast me. I misunderstood. Yeah, sorry. He so he said he wants uh, a Kai Car France next. I. I don't think that happens, right, guys? I think there's money to be made in the no. tetralogy, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. This is this is the opportunity. There's never been a better opportunity to do a tetrisology. What's the word? I gotta you remember can, this word. You can say quadril. I think quadrilogy is informally correct, right? You can say quadrilogy. Okay. Yeah, come on. Fine. Whichever, yeah. whichever you guys are comfortable with using, because we've been saying tetralogy in like headlines, and I always see comments like, "What's a tetralogy? Why don't you guys mean quadrilogy?" Right? It's like, yeah. Okay. I guess. These aren't real <laughs> words. We're making up words regardless. <laughs> all words. Really, all words are made up. <laughs> yeah, I was right. made up. No, uh, no, what would um, you rather see? What would you rather see? Casey? Oh, no. The, the, the quad... Oh, okay. <laughs> the quadrology. The fourth fight. The fourth fight. Apparently, this is the... According to the UFC, this is... The UFC Columbus is the highest grossing US fight night in history. And they're not paying extra money for these guys they still get the same 50k oh. when when like they have 20 people showing up at the apex cars they have a sold out arena in columbus ohio and they god dang hey you don't make record profits if you give away money that's all i got yeah this is true because you're right it is look i made the case for gutierrez and blaze before but like it is senseless that you don't give alexa grasso an extra i mean really more than fifty thousand. but if we're just going whatever their bonus designation that she does not get an extra fifty thousand. For the first submission victory of her career, her first finish in eight almost eight years, uh, and, and like I said, a, a pretty slick finish over a long time contender. Um, I know she's coming off a submission loss, but still, I mean, Wood Joanne Wood is a tough out. I don't care. Um, of course, it's a tough time. out. Yeah, yeah. No, it is silly. And what was the other? There was another good finish. Um, even Kizriev was kind of a, like that wasn't a bad. Oh man, yeah, it is silly. Give these people more money. Give them more money. You broke box office records, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're breaking records. Yeah, they're breaking freaking records. Jeez, all the records, yeah. all of them. All right, let's go to the peeps. Great, ready good, peeps? good night of fights. Let's go to the peeps. Yeah, let's go to the peeps. All right, all right. Oops, Oop, wrong question. That's from Ness. Oh, what was that question? <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, we lost. We're, we're no, no, yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, sorry. Why are you doing that? My poll. Sorry, my poll. Uh, <laughs> What what I mean the poll in the chat. What did you think of Curtis Blades' <laughs> promo it. and, and call out tonight? It's not that late. Come and on. What did you think of Curtis Blades? <laughs> oh, we're not after dark. It's not a pay per view. <laughs> what did you think of What did you think of Curtis Blades' promo and call out tonight? I said uh, I gave the three options: hot fire, didn't do much for me, actually hurt his position, uh, pretty firm, uh, didn't do much for me, fifty percent. So kind of what we thought going in. Not a lot. Not a lot to be thirty thirty eight percent hot fire. 
So that's kind of nice, but 50% didn't do much for me. 11% actually hurt his position. So if you want to lump those together, you can say 62% kind of like, eh, didn't love, didn't love uh, what they heard from, from Curtis Blades tonight. But I thought it was all right. I think 38% is a nice number for Hot Fire. Tough, it's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is just such a fantastic night for Mr. Blades. The fact that we're still talking about him and like yeah. and see past that. I don't know if he'll ever get over that boring fighter label but he could be on his way that's all yeah what's crazy about this whole situation is that he might be the best heavyweight in the world he might be the best guy he he might stylistically beat any of these guys like this is a very good chance he beats all the names that are ahead of him he beats all of them aspinall would be interesting like if if, if curtis blades fought tai tuivasa he'd be a minus 700 favorite against tai tuivasa Easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just he's 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 as good as everybody in this division. He got knocked out by Derek Lewis, which if you get hit by Derek Lewis, you get knocked out. It's just mm-hmm. unless you're tied to Ivasa. But he's very good. He's a very good fighter. And in Bellator, he would be the freaking champion right now. It's just I mean, he's just it, in a tough spot, man. Timing's always been his worst enemy, and it's not his fault at all. If Francis Ngannou didn't exist, he may be the UFC champion right now. You know, just the timing. You're very true. Very right. I mean, very right. Before we go to the questions, actually, sorry, can we talk about a fight that should have been on that could easily could have been on the main card? Miss Faro and Maya. Yes. Yes. Uh, Menon Fioro, who I thought was going to win by knockout. Scott McCrate, by the way, is, is his, I know he's watching. And he's going to freak out now that you've brought it. Thank you, Casey. He's sweating. Has he been, has he, has he been DMing you? Uh, anyway, huge, huge, huge Menon fan. He's right here. Uh, he's like, he's like, first of all, I was a little... Uh, listen, Anik is the god of announcing and pronunciations. I'm a little surprised that that the commentary team was going with uh, Menon Fior for her, for her name Fior? pronunciation. Fior. Now, one, I will say it is easier, definitely easier to say. And two, I do wonder... I don't know Anik to – he must have spoken to her team and just kind of run it by them. Like, is this okay? Like, you know, and they're probably just like, yeah, this is – they're probably tired of people mispronouncing her last name. So they are just like, just go with Fior. It's fine. This is this is, this is is uh, this is acceptable. We just don't want people tripping over it. But it is uh, Fioro. People, if you, can ro- if you can roll your R's a little bit too, it would be nice. But, um, yeah, we'll just go with Manon for simplicity's sake. She looked, she looked really good. I saw some people saying like uh, – you know that because she didn't get the, okay, she didn't get a finish. I guess they were a little yeah. disappointed, but like Maya is a former title challenger, a super tough uh, top eight in her division. Um, I think this I think this told us a lot about Menon, and uh, she has a lot to work on for sure. Has a lot to work on. She's not anywhere near the top. You know, again, uh, I would say maybe I don't. I wouldn't like her chances against Chukagian. I wouldn't like her chances against Jessica Andrade, and obviously I wouldn't like her chances against Valentina. But that's it. That's like the th- other than that. I think she's on her way i do want to see her again I, tested a couple more times i kind of disagree Casey, just, i kind of really I, w- I wasn't i'm not in the scott mccray you know leading the bandwagon for Fierro, <laughs> Fierro, but mm-hmm. she impressed the heck out of me I, I i thought maya was gonna win tonight i thought it was gonna be too much too soon for her but she beat maya with the same with the same dominance that Shevchenko beat Maya with, you know, oh. and I'm gonna, I'm playing a little, I'm doing a little MMA math, but um, as far as like comparing wins, but that was incredibly impressive to me. Um, yeah, it wasn't maybe the most exciting knockout finish, but I think knockout finishes are kind of a bit overrated. As far as the quality of Manon as a fighter, I thought this this showed me a lot 
and um, I was just highly impressed with the performance. And um, that's why I said such such a big night for new flyweight contenders, both male yes. and female. So I was, I was just like, and I yeah, like I wasn't sold on her before. I'm sold. Now is she gonna beat Valentina? No one's saying that. Is Grasso gonna beat Valentina? No one's saying that. But but I think we have legit title contenders though coming up with uh yeah with uh car france and the two women and that's the fight you book right not to spoil onto the next one but that's the fight right fiara versus grass though like you think you have to do it if you can guarantee the winner fights for the title if they just do that fight and without any sort of guarantee that the winner fights for the title otherwise no because well yeah i mean i just hate knocking out we do have to wait we have to wait we have to wait two months before we can even discuss this. Because if Misha Tate beats Lauren Murphy, then Misha Tate's fighting for the title. Oh, just for? Like yeah. the first chance they give her. Yeah, first chance they give her. But if Lauren Murphy wins, then we do Man and Fioro versus Alexa Grasso, number one contender fight. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. I almost kind of hope that happens because I want to put off um, Valentina going, having to go up against the likes of like uh, Manon and Aaron Blanchfield and Casey O'Neill. I wish we could hold that up. Like, I don't want any of those women fighting for the title before the end of this year. I know it's very possible one of them does. I, I understand that. Um, even Alexa Grasso, I feel like, it, well, she's got a lot of experience. Though. She's got a lot of high-level experience. Grasso would probably be, of, of all those na- of those names I just mentioned, the one I'm like, yeah, if she fought for the title by the end of the year, I wouldn't Grasso's be surprised. Now. Yeah. She is. She's yeah. 20. Actually, actually, I kind of still view her as that young 20-year-old in Invicta, right? Yeah. Um, I was thinking that I, when, I was wa- when I was watching her, I, yeah. was, I was talking. I was like, oh, my God. I've <laughs> known her. I was at her first fight in Invicta. Yeah. We, we hung out and talked. She knew to know English. I was like, I was talking to her her and Papa Grasso, her dad and everything. And um, it's just been a, a pleasure watching her kind of mature into this just awesome fighter she is now. Yeah, her getting a title fight soon would make a lot of sense. Those other names I mentioned again, Blanchfield, that kind of Blanchfield, O'Neill, uh, Fioro cluster. I, I but the thing is now that again, Fioro just beat Maya, um, and uh, Casey just got that win over Roxanne Ferrer, so that was a nice win. She might get Jessica I now. They're knocking off the bets. They're knocking off the yeah. former title challengers. At some point, there's really no choice but to throw them in there with Shevchenko. When really, I feel like all of them are like a year away, at least a year away from being even somewhat of a challenge, but. Valentina likes to fight. She likes to stay busy. She likes to she likes to add those jewels to that belt. So there that's you go. What, that's yeah, that's yeah. what Valentina, yeah. Valentina is now getting to that little second crop of new mm-hmm. new um, lady flyweights, and it's it's awesome. I'm super excited about the uh, the ladies flyweight division. Don't forget Miranda mm-hmm. Maverick too. She's in there too. Miranda Maverick, yeah, amazing. There, there's a lot of super good talent who are chasing the queen right now. It's I think I think flyweight has been an overlooked division in MMA right now, and um, I think it's going to get very exciting. Ho- hopefully the UFC gives it the proper push. That's all I hope. But don't worry. Don't worry, AK. They will still have to wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> because Valentina, after she, if, if she beats Tyler Santos, she will be moving up to 135 to fight mm-hmm. for a second title before the year is over. So don't you worry. Uh, of, course. of course, of course. Don't you worry. <laughs> right. By the way, props to Brandon Moreno because this guy just gets it. This Come guy back. just gets it. No, he he said he said yeah. eh, Davis is outside on the contract. Hey Kyle, let's fight for an interim title. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well done, well done, assassin baby. Wait, All right, let's well, go to the peeps. To the peeps, to the peeps. All right, what we got here? Um, the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth 
live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. got this question we kind of talked about it but just real quick since oops sorry that's tiny do, do, do. what does curtis blades gain with that win heavyweight division is still a mess do we still think the ufc will try to do john versus Stevie for an interim title uh i mean i'll give my quick answers very little which is unfortunate because he deserves better uh yes heavyweight division is still a mess do we still think the ufc will try to do john versus Stevie? yes i think they will try that's the operative word here is try. Will they be successful? You're asking a lot, but they will they will certainly try. So that's my thoughts. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the exact wording of the question, of course, they're going to they're gonna do everything in their power to make that happen. It, 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 they got to they got but they need to put, they got to put a low jack on John Jones or something or they got to just or hire 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 private investigators to keep an eye on this guy. Uh a shot caller. I don't know what it's going to take, but we need to keep this guy from misbehaving and just from doing dumb stuff. Uh, because of course, that's the fight they want. It's it's, it's such a sellable fight, even with against Stipe not having fought for so long, John Jones not having fought for so long, just being in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. It, 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 I mean, they they want that more than than almost Ngannou coming back, other than of course to make an Ngannou Jones fight. But they would love a Stipe Miocic John Jones fight. The greatest heavyweight champion ever. The greatest light heavyweight champion ever. It's just so easy for them to throw on a poster. So, yeah, they're gonna try. They're gonna try their damnedest. I'll tell you that much. UFC can make this fight tomorrow. They just gotta pay for it. So that's all. It's just it's, it's it, it, if the UFC decides to cut back on their profit margins or whatever, this fight can happen tomorrow. It's just a money thing. That's all. I think it'll happen. I think it'll get done. I mean, there's there's not a lot of raw. There's not going to be a like a ton of options for July. I mean, Adesanya will fight on one of those cards, and you have to think with Strickland Pajeda being booked for July 30th that Adesanya Cannonier will probably headline that card. That would make a lot of sense. So, I mean, now you're talking International Fight Week. I don't know if Camaro will be ready for Leon. For that card, I mean, I don't know what you maybe Connor's return. I don't even know if July is even possible at this point. I mean, you have to think International Fight Week, maybe trying to make that fight the main events. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do, but I think I think it'll get done. Unless somebody gets injured or something happens behind the scenes that John makes another mistake or something, which we hope doesn't happen, but other than that, I think they will make. I think they will get this done. As long as John isn't behind bars, I don't think there's enough mistakes he can make. As long as as long as he's a is a free man and he gets paid right, I don't think the UFC has any issues with getting him in yeah, that case. I, th- I think they'll get it done. I think they'll get it done. Like a Mister P- King of Positivity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got? 
Uh, can we can we not do this question with the Buffalo Bills logo? KKF and Askarov deserve fight of the night. What did you think about the decision? I felt Askarov may have done enough early in the third to tilt the decision his way. Askarov seems sluggish this fight, though. I mean, we talked about this already. Um, from a mixing of the martial arts standpoint, this was the best fight of the card. It's like no question about it. Matt Brown and Brian Barberino was just super fun and it just had everything you needed, right? Like you had two bloody veterans just literally giving their souls to everybody. Like Matt, both those guys are done and nothing left to offer. They left it all in that cage. Crowd went bananas. I mean, it was just everything. There's no way that wasn't going to be the fight of the night. Decision was the right decision. Yeah. Kaikar France won. And Askarov, I'm not going to say he seems sluggish. I just think uh, Kai was, Kai beat him. Like Kai just beat him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Askarov, he's, he's, he's always going to start really hot, um, but he has a big weight cut. And I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say sluggish either. He's just going to, he's just going to slow down. And Kai is just a, just a very, very, you know, prime athlete. And um, he was just, he can go 110% every round. So, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, you, you, you slow down when I mean he didn't do a lot of wrestling. That's going to slow you down a lot too. You remember he got punched a lot. Punched a lot. That slows you Michael, down. Michael Bisping always says that, right? He's like, man, nothing drains your cardio like getting hit, right? Like because because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people who like Bisping out, outworked and people are like, man, that guy looks tired, like 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 uh, tired against Bisping. I'm like, yeah, because Bisping punched him in the head like punch 50 him, times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it does. It did deserve fight of the night. It did deserve. Yeah. Oh, it deserve. It deserves something. Deserves something. Askarov will be will be back. This guy is he's, he's good. So he's good. super you know, good, man. Askarov, I mean, Askarov is a really good fighter. <laughs> yep, it's a his really title good fighter. Still, his title window is still very open. Let's put it that way. It's just it was just yep. Carr's night. Car France's night. Uh, what did you think of Amanda Fierro's call to Kaylin Chikagian? For those who don't know, Kaylin Chikagian fight Amanda Hebas May fourteenth at one twenty five. Um, what do you what did you think of the call at AK? I mean, it's the right name. It's the right name. She she clearly believes she's only one away. Chukagian is the gatekeeper at 125, and so if you beat Chukagian, you get a title shot. This is pretty much a lock, right? And also, it'd be a hell of a t- like. I think that's a hell of a tough thing to do, right? So, um, it would, like I said, I said some questions were answered in her win over Maya, some were raised. This would answer even more questions if she could, especially if she could win. I mean, if she knocked out Chukagian, great, but kind of like uh, Casey said before, like man, you'd learn a lot more from her going three rounds mm-hmm. to Chukagian than you would if she like kind of caught her with some bomb in the, in the first round. Um, though I'm sure she'd love that, and all her fans would love that as well. Uh, so I don't mind it. Now this fight is isn't until as uh, thank you, Joseph Bozo, May 14th. So there's a we're a bit away from there. If you're Manon Firo, you're definitely staying in shape. If something happened to Chukagian or Hibas, you jump right in there. That's a that's a, either one of those is a great fight for her to take, and it wouldn't shock me at all if uh, again something. Fingers crossed. One of those fighters wasn't able to make it to uh, the May 14th card, and uh, and Manol stepped in. Is it is Hebas going up in twenty going up to twenty five? Is she leaving strawweight? Just for this fight. Oh, just for that fight. Okay. She's supposed to fight. She's supposed to fight Michelle Waterson. She was booked against her a couple times. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Is Shikagian coming in at late notice? Well, not late notice, I guess. Or kind of, really. it's just a fight. Yeah. Okay. I got you. There's just two women, two women who need needed fights, and yeah. they're just like, okay, we'll just fight. It. We'll, we'll we'll just fight. And Kagan's probably never getting another title shot, so she's just, you know, <laughs> maybe um, an interim title fight sometime. Who knows? Who knows? I feel, I have a feeling we're gonna get like 14 interim title fights in the next year. Oh, Mike, don't say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, Bellator does interim title fights on both sides of the brackets. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bringing, bringing up Bellator's title fights. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Poor Josh Hill. I feel so bad for Josh Hill. All right. Um, uh, another one for Mr. Boza. So Chris Stock is good on a light heavyweight. I think this fight told us he is screwed against the best heavyweights. I think we knew that anyways, though. Again, here's the thing with Chris Dacus. All of this stuff, this is cherry on top of the Sunday. No one expected this to happen. Did you think we'd see Chris Dacus in a main event ever, AK? Did you think can we'd I, see Can it? I just say, though, I think getting getting badly concussed in back-to-back fights is not a cherry. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, it, I know what you're saying, but I do think calling it a cherry is a bit... I, I don't know. It doesn't quite reflect what happened to Chris Dacus in the last two fights. And again, as far as we know, he's probably not getting paid that much more for fighting in the main event, if if at all. So I don't know how much he really did gain from you know getting thrown into these into these top ten matchups. Uh, I, I know what you mean. If he had won, fantastic, right? Like I said, no one thought he would make it this far. But I don't know about Jerry. I, I, I think that there's there's changes that have to be made in his career now, and uh, he doesn't. There's no way he regrets taking either of these fights. Uh, but I don't think he's going to look back on these experiences fondly. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if he. Could do, I, I don't like the light heavyweight idea. Unless like Chris Dawkins wakes up in the morning and there's a picture of a UFC title hanging on his wall, and he just stares at it and it's like, I need this in my life. My career is unfulfilled if I don't win a title. Then you, you just take a year off and you just figure out a way to get to 205. If you really want to be a champion, if you want to just fight and make money and not kill yourself to like get down to a weight and just sort of enjoy the in-between time still work hard, but not have to cut 50 pounds. You stay at heavyweight. There's still and, fun fights for him there and fights he can win. And he's only lost to top five heavyweights. One of his, one of yeah. his is six best, six best, six best heavyweight <laughs> in the world. That's, that's a wonderful accomplishment. If you're the sixth best at whatever you do, for your occupation, you've done a great. You're doing great. So I just, yeah, I, he's not losing to Rando, you know, with those guys. You know, he's he's losing the best. And yeah, because Dawkins isn't re- isn't ready for that. He's not an elite heavyweight. We made, the UFC was trying to push it. Gave him gave him two chances at main events. You know, went bad for him. You know, there you go. Take a break and um, come back and you know, fight Andre Arlovski. See where you're at. Um, I like that matchup. But I'm also all in on light heavyweight Chris Dawkins. Chris, if you let me put this way, you're even thinking about this change. I encourage it. All right. Um. <laughs> we Sorry care about, about your well-being, Chris. <laughs> uh, was Brown Barberina decision fair in your opinion? It wasn't a robbery, but Brown looked good for the better part of the third round. Maybe not the end of it, but could have done enough to steal it. So, <sighs> was this a robbery? I mean, is this even? Uh, his takedowns. I mean, robbery is such a big word, but his, his takedowns. How did you score it, I, I definitely had a 29-28 Barbarina. Um, the flurry at the end obviously was huge. I think that was the biggest moment of the third round. Uh, other than that, the striking was. I don't know if it was that even. I do think Barbarina actually was getting the better of the striking in the third. I think people are looking at the takedowns, and uh, Brown did get a few punches off while Brett while Barbarina was getting up. So it's not like he didn't do any damage after getting takedowns, but not enough, I think, to overcome 
what Barbarina did in the other parts of the round, and especially at the end when he really, really, I don't want to say came close to finishing, but he, he was putting it on him. So I, I thought the judges did a really, really great job because I, I did see comments saying like, oh, Brown had the takedowns, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but he just didn't do the enough with them. Takedowns don't mean uh, anything unless you they're, they're, get some sort of dominant position or submission yeah. or do damage. They mean zero. It's just a change Again. of position. It's simply just yeah. a change of position. They mean nothing. Yeah. I mean, the nothing. punches he the punches he landed while Barbarina was getting up from the takedowns were more important than the takedowns themselves. So yeah. if there had been more of that, maybe it's a Brown round. But yeah, really close fight. I, I, again, I don't think it's like if Brown had won, I don't think it would have been the worst decision ever. But I'm pretty strong. I feel pretty confident that Barbarina won that one. Um, again, we said, we're telling the same story with the Kai Kara France thing, though Though uh, Askarov's dom- uh, grappling was much more dominant than Matt Brown's was, I think. But same idea, who did more damage. I think this was, again, Barbarina took that third round. Just why again? It, it's not. It's not that the last thirty seconds override everything else. It's that plus maybe again how ineffective the takedowns were, and plus other work Barbarina did in that round. So yeah, not a robbery at all. Yeah, yeah, and hey, hey, you. crowd that crowd that booed him. Ooh yeah, boo you crowd. Yourself. Boo that Get crowd. Stuffed. <laughs> Get stuffed. Stuff you people. All right, this, these man. I understand it's a home crowd. We people love fans love Matt Brown. He's from Ohio, so they really love Matt Brown there. But man, don't boo Brian Barberina after something like that. That was a really great fight. I mean, that's exactly what people pay their money for. So you're supporting your boy. I understand, but you don't got to crap on somebody else like that. Yeah. And it, it really went too. It wasn't even like they just booed him right after, and then like, oh, he started talking. They stopped. They were like booing him throughout his post fight interview. And I'm like, get, yeah, Ohio, get it together, man. <laughs> Come on, don't be like yeah. that. Sore loser. That was a great yeah. fight. Great, great fight. Barberina won that fight though. Yeah, if I mean, listen, if, if this fight took place in Lincoln, Nebraska, we'd all be talking about what a fight it was and Brian Barberino won it. Yeah, we're just where it's location and the crowd and it, it does things to us that happens from time to time. But Barberino won that fight. The third round, clear. Let's just go look at the numbers. Clear Barberino win 53 to 35 significant strikes for Brian Barberino. Matt Brown was badly hurt in that third round. Very close to stopping. There's another 30 seconds. Brian Barbarina would have knocked Matt Brown out. So, yeah. Win from Brian Barbarina. Good, great fight, though. Great fight. Last fight on Barbarina's contract, too, he revealed to the media after. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, So, that could have been his last fight. Oh. He He said said he mentioned the R word, right? He he said in the post-fight interview, or the, the scrum afterwards, last fight in his deal... The UFC wants me back. I'll come back. If they decide, nah, don't want you back, then I'll retire. I'll retire and work at the farm. Hmm. It's kind of guy. He I is. believe it. I believe him too. Yeah, exactly. I believe him. 100%. Such a Brian Barberino thing to say. Uh, Casey, you see the question from John Guy? Because I was actually just about to mention this. Because I think Mike might have mentioned it when he was running, like kind of in, in passing as we were running down the main card results. Yeah, this totally, like, we talk about a card flying under the radar. How about a momentous, like, milestone flying under the radar? I'm uh, 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 oh, sorry, people who, who are listening to this. John Guy asking, thought on Magni. Uh, he didn't beat GSP's record. He tied he tied the record for most UFC welterweight victories at 19. He's going to beat uh, it at some point. He'll beat the record. Probably. Yeah. I, I'd be very unlikely. Because, he again, he's in that range of guys where he's not necessarily always fighting, you know, top seven or eight people. He just fight, he fights. Sometimes he goes up, fights top seven or eight. And sometimes he's fights in that mid-range where he is just the class of that mid-range, I feel. He's been in the top 15, around the top 10 for the last, like, three years. Like, he's just a great, really consistent fighter. 
Um, his performance against Max Griffin was classic Magny. I mean, Max Griffin looked awesome in the first round. And then, like, Magny just finds a way. One, he, he doesn't stop. I mean, he fights as hard as he does in the third as he does in the first. Uh, and just finds a way to win. So it was great. Um, yeah, but this is this is what you have to do to, to reach 19 wins. You either have to have this dominant run like GSP or you hang around. And it's not like he's a 500 fighter. I think he's 19 and 7 in the UFC, I want to say, after night. 19 7, something 19 7, 19 8. So he's well above 500. He's clearly an elite welterweight. Um, I get it. For some reason, Neil Magny has never, you know, made scintillating headline material. I get that. But uh, boy, that's, uh, that's, if you want to call it a sign of longevity or, or just being stubborn or just sticking around long enough. There it is, uh, but officially tied with GSP. And I think it'll be a bigger deal if he, if he breaks it. I will say, I think if he hits 20, it's a nice round number, surpasses GSP, I think you'll the UFC and everyone else will be a, a lot more uh, aware of, of when this happens. All right. Uh, Congrats, Neil. Well done. Congrats. Well done. Real, Amazing. real quick, because the, uh, the Idaho skatesman really wants us to talk about this, so real quick, <laughs> I got to give the man. <laughs> what did you think of 1X this morning? Who watched 1X this morning? I didn't watch. It. I didn't watch it live. I didn't watch it live. I watched That's the not, D, I watched the DJ Rotang fight. That's all I watched, and it was fun. Uh, I'll say it was a. From what I saw, it was a spectacular mixing of the martial arts. Um, mm-hmm. There was kickboxing. There was grappling. Uh, Jed Mashu's number one uh, middleweight ranked fighter, uh, Rainier Derrida, had a grappling match, and uh, I, I don't know if he won or went to a draw or something. But I know it's I know. A draw. Uh, as a draw, which essentially, which for him is like a win. I mean, considering, uh, you know, that's, that's, he's a great grappler, but it was like a straight jujitsu competition. Uh, very cool of DJ. I don't know if this affects our rankings for him guys, because it was great to see him in action. Obviously it wasn't an actual MMA fight. He fought uh, Rod Tang and he won, uh, he choked him out. He, 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 he did, you know, he's one of the most well-rounded fighters in, in MMA history. So he, he managed the uh, Muay Thai round and then took over in the, uh, the MMA round and choked him out. So that's fantastic. Sexy Yama. Knocking out Shinya Yoki, uh, that's mm. that's great. That's great. Listen, that was a mean it, knockout too. Knees on the ground, and everything. Ooh, that was mean. I saw the, I saw that's the clip. Good. I didn't see the whole fight, but that looked that looked pretty mean. I said this in the Slack. Forty plus fighters. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. All right, Sarah McMahon, sexy oh, Sarah McMahon, almost, yeah, forty year old McMahon. would have would have would have had it tonight. Matt Brown. I mean, he didn't win, but what a performance! And of course, oh, wrong. There we go. Our own Casey Lydon. Undefeated. The epitome. So listen, I think Alinek would have gotten it tonight too. I think Alinek finally would have gotten win number 60 if uh, unfortunately Alina TP some Alina sort of non-COVID related on us. Yeah. So hey, 40 plus. That's that's one to start your MMA career, man. I mean Did Sarah did Sarah uh, McMahon was that is she the oldest woman to have a UFC victory? I think Marion Renault. I believe Marion. I think Marion Renault lost those fights though. I think she, she had one. I, I think she did get a win in there somewhere. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah. Because she's 44 now. Ooh. She beat oh, yeah. Sarah McMahon. I gotta do some math. You're gonna make me do some math now, Casey. I don't know. She was <laughs> she was probably around the same age as Sarah McMahon is now when she yeah, beat okay. What's Michael Carroll before. saying? You'd think yeah. he'd he'd have that stat. Oh, MJC like, ready to go. All right. Oh wow. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Are we I'm done? Kind of we got an hour ten on this wonderful fight night. Yeah, part. we're done. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, here we go, here we go. Let's do this for, right. let's, let's do the, for the hometown guys. Oh, age. I no, o. the boo, the booing. Oh, yeah, I don't yes. I don't That's approve. how you spell Ohio, okay. by the way. Uh, oh, uh, the, the, the last poll result, guys. The last poll result. Uh, oh. What flyweight boosted their stock the most tonight? Kai Car France, big lead, 69%. I mean, that's not a surprise. But Grasso, right behind, 20, uh, not right behind, but a respectable 24%. 
And then uh, Manuel Firo, 4%. Mateus Nicolau, 2%. I know a lot of people weren't thrilled with that first round with the Nicolau and Dvorak. N- Nicolau, I think, is a little bit unfortunate in the Arnold Allen range right now where, like, he needs a finish or something. Because we know so he's good. He was so low on the card, too. He was so low on the card. It turned out actually a decent fight, actually, in rounds two and three, but not super memorable. Uh, but took out a guy in a 16-fight win streak. Like, I think Nicolau was – I mean, people know I'm a huge fan of his, so I, I've been on that train for a while. I think he fights for a title someday, but this isn't the kind of performance that I think is going to have people, um, you know, knocking down the doors trying to trying to get one for him. Yeah, that unfortunately was the letdown of the card. Yeah, sad. I was looking so much forward to that fight. That first round was so bad. Um, so no <laughs> OHIO champ for AK, but no UFC next week. But the weekend, the week after that, they're in Jacksonville, Florida. I will be in Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh. Jose Youngs will be in Jacksonville, Florida. And we know what that means all week long, AK. What are we going to say all week long? We're going to be a shout out to Duval! <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. For the undefeated Casey Lydon, the Prince of Positivity, AK Lee. AK and I back tomorrow for on to the next one. Matchmaking. I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.